chaos is everywhere. everybody, this is Jonathan Gilchrist coming to you with episode 7 of Chaos Everywhere. Um, this one is kind of a different episode. Uh, this week, because we are going to be watching a live event, uh, Mr. Vice and I decided we really couldn't do a watch log. I mean, we could have done it because we would have been sunk up, but it'd be really hard for you to sync up because you'd have to order the replay. So we just decided to do instead um, a conversation after we both watched the uh, pay-per-view. What we were watching, of course, was uh, AEW's All Out. Uh, we absolutely love the show. Uh, I think I got on Mr. Vice's nerves a little bit because I was nitpicking, but I, it really was nitpicking. And because we recorded it a couple days after we watched it, we got to talk about some of the Twitter fallout about all the stuff that happened with JR and Matt Hardy. But all in all, it's just a really enjoyable show. We had a really nice conversation. You know, we just broke down the show as we saw it. And, yeah, it was it was just a really cool talk. Um, yeah, there's not a lot more to it. That was a pretty straightforward episode. I think we might do more stuff like that in the future. I love doing the watch-longs. And that was my original idea. But, you know, just sitting down and talking with my friends and breaking stuff down, that's just as fun. Uh, so, yeah, I'm just going to keep this intro short today. I don't really have too much to add to it. Um, I'm not sure what we're doing next week yet, so I can't give you a heads up, but I'll just say keep yours open because we're, we're definitely recording a show this Saturday, and we'll both see you next Wednesday. Uh, again, you can follow the show at KS Everywhere on Facebook. You can follow me at LastGilchrist1 on Twitter, and um, you can write the show if you feel like it at chaospodshow at gmail.com. Other than that, please just keep subscribing and supporting the show. Tell a friend. I'd love to see, like, if we just double my audience, then double it again and double it again. Before you know it, the whole world will be listening to my podcast. It's some sort of scheme, if you will. Eh, I'm probably overthinking it. All right, well, enjoy the show, and thanks again for listening. Hey, buddy. There we go. Sorry, I keep forgetting to take myself out of my data thing and to switch to Wi-Fi. Yeah, it really only works with the Wi-Fi. Yeah, I always have mine in my data mode for the for like work and stuff, so I just always forget. Gotcha. All right, well, here we are. So this is going to be interesting just having a conversation and recording it. But yeah, right. Not <laughs> like we haven't talked with. Who are you? Actually, there's one thing I do want to check before. All good. Did you uh, say something? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, sorry about that weird little test to anybody that's listening, but I just realized that this app has trouble when I try to go to other things on my phone while we're recording. So, I won't be able to get to my notes that I took on the show yesterday. Um, hopefully you can still see your notes. I don't know how you took your notes. I just typed them on my computer. Oh, good. So they're not on your phone. So you should have a 
uh, you should actually have a list and we can just follow your notes and I'll try to remember what I put down in mine. Okay. I mean, mine's, mine's just a list of like, mine's just a rundown of like the wins and stuff. It's not really, there's not really like a whole lot of notes notes. Yeah. As long as it's a match list and like we can go through each match, you know, pre-show yeah. and all that. And then hopefully as we go through the things, I'll just, my memory will be jogged and I'll remember what I put down. Oh, let's certainly hope. Yeah. Well, such the world. But I know we started off with Joey Janela, right? And uh Yep. So first first match of the night uh was on the uh first match of the buy the buy in was uh Joey Janela taking on Serpentico right. um with his with his buddy Luther uh yeah. <laughs> coming out with him apparently. Apparently they're a thing now. And right. uh yeah, and the I remember the big thing from that. Was their name? The um, copyright infringement is what you're talking about. I, I just assumed you. I just assumed you hired them to help uh, promote the show. Oh, that would have been a good idea. No, they're clearly just stealing from me, and yep. um, they will be dealt with by my many, many lawyers. I believe they were called the Chaos Connection. Chaos Project, I think, is what they call Chaos it, Project. which is just stupid. I mean, who would call it? I mean, it's Serpentico and Luther, so it's not like there's, it's not like it's really going to amount to much, anyways. To be honest yeah. here, I found it really weird because it was like an hour before the show started that they announced this match, and it was mm. a replacement. Well, not a well, it was a replacement kind of, but they moved the Britt Baker match up to the main card, which we'll talk about in a second, and put this match in. I have no idea what made them think to do that. I don't know either. I feel I don't know if they just like. Hmm. Maybe they just thought that like the, the Britt Baker, swole match. Maybe like maybe they were just like, oh no, this match should be on the main like yeah. the main show. Like what Which were we I'm, thinking? I'm gonna go ahead and make an argument that that was wrong, and we'll talk more about that when we get to that match. But, yeah. Well, I mean, you could make as much of an argument as you want. But um. Yeah, no, the, the Janela match, it was good for what it was. I've never seen uh, – I don't even know his name. What's the uh, the mask fan's name? Serpentico? Serpentico. I've never seen him. Like, he's always been on Dark. I don't think he's had yeah. a Dynamite match, so I've never seen his match yet. Yeah, so no, he's like exclusively on Dark. Yeah. I mean, I've seen him in the crowd, but that's about it. Yeah. So, it's not bad. Yeah, he's pretty solid. Trying to remember if there's anything – really specific about that match that stood out to me. I mean, not at least for me, not really. Like it was it's like you kinda like your basic opening match. I mean it was solid. Like there wasn't anything wrong with it. Yeah. Um Janela finished it with an elbow drop from the top. Like yeah. it was okay. solid. It was just overall solid match. So I did use a cheat while you were talking. I, I heard a lot of it, but I did use a cheat because I wanted there was something I wanted to talk about in this match, and I had to go back and look at my notes. So I missed some of what you said. So make sure I'm not talking on my ass if I still am non sequitur. But um, there was this weird moment in the match that I didn't understand where he um, Janelle was on the ground, and it was like a delayed jump off the top to a stomp. Do you remember that? Oh yeah, 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 I do. I think he. I think that was just like a, um, uh, maybe like a, a just like a mess up on his end on Serpentico's end. I think maybe. Okay. Um, I'm not entirely sure, obviously. 
I'm, I'd be better off with the, the, it being a mess up because the only other option was he. it looked like he was playing to the crowd in this weird way, like, and then, like, not giving them the jump that they were so clearly wanting, but the crowd wasn't that into the match, so it made no sense to try and provoke the crowd in that way. So if it was a yeah. mess up, that's a little bit better for me, actually. Yeah, no, I think he just, I, I think there was just some sort of miscommunication there. And they, because, like, if you think about it, they, like, basically reset it up a few minutes later. Right. Yeah, that's true. He did. Yeah, they went right back into it. See, yeah, that's usually a sign of a, a botch of some kind that had to exactly. be redone. All right. But, yeah, no, that, like I said, it was a fine match, especially for absolutely no build, like, announced an hour before the show, clearly just grabbing whoever was in the back and throwing out there. So. Yeah, it was perfectly fine. Yeah. So I'm going to um, give, give me like one second. I'm going to really quickly. Ch- yep. Ready? All right. Yep. <laughs> so I, I'm, this is going to be awkward. I'm going to try and do this quickly, but I just, I want to get my head in, in it. I, for the Dark Order and um, uh, Private Party match. Yeah. I, the one thing that really stuck out to me was kind of like the telling of the backstory of the Dark Order, um, where like I don't I think it was Excalibur said that they had the only reason they had to win was to stop Brody Lee from yelling at them. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I mean it's not wrong. Like he like especially uh, especially three and four uh, Alex Reynolds and John Silver like right. he just treats them like such utter crap that right. it's hilarious. I mean, oh. yeah, no. it was like, I, I, it's weird that the Dark Order has like three, I think it's like three different tag teams and they're all relatively decent, um, but they're all just the Dark Order. I'd say they have like two. I thought there was a third. Eh, I might be wrong. Not really. No, because there's, there's three and four. So there's like Reynolds and Silver. Then obviously right. there's Uno and, uh, and Stu. And Grayson, right. And yeah, ten doesn't tag with anybody. Ten's like a singles guy for yeah, them. Yeah, right? no. Well, ten hasn't done anything lately because of an injury. And uh, then, and then five is the other guy. But they're both they both have been doing like singles stuff, really. Um, honestly, the only other quote unquote tag team I would say, like any like with them that have teamed at all, is really just Colt and um, Brody Lee. Right. Yeah, that's true. And I mean, that's not an official tag team. Exactly. That's not a tag team, really, or anything. They just—that's more for like story. Yeah. Which again, we'll get to that later because that's definitely covered later in the show in detail. So, but um, yeah, no, I thought for especially for like a um a pre-show match, which in general, I did want to talk to you about this the pre-show. So for me, like that's supposed to be their free for all, right, to get me to buy the pay per view. But yeah. Every time, like we do this, and I watch it on, you know, BR Live. In order to get it, we have to buy the pay per view. That's the only way to see no. the buy in. No, you can watch right. it on their YouTube channel, AEW's okay. YouTube channel. Plays it there too. All right, then. Okay, so it's just that I'm not looking at both. I'm not looking at the other platform. I'm just trying to get it on BR Live. Yeah. It just seemed weird to me. But yes, if I pay the fifty bucks, I should be able to see the free show that gets me to pay the fifty bucks. No, so, no, yeah, no, no, no. It's it's on their YouTube channel as well. Got it. All right, all right. Yeah, no, I thought it was a really good match. I thought they got a lot of time and yeah, just they did. 
I think private parties definitely, I, I don't know. I just, I think that they're definitely like in the top five, but they've just got so many great tag teams right now. It's hard to, for everybody to get the, you know, spotlight when you're just going after one tag title. Yeah. They kind of have like the opposite problem of WWE where like WWE is just so like lacking in talent there right now right. that they like have nothing to do with anyone, which wasn't the case. Like they had plenty of talent and then it all just went away because they didn't know what to do with it. Anyways. Um, but yeah, AEW is like the exact opposite issue where they just have so much freaking talent in the tag team division that it's like, we don't know what to do with all these guys. All right. Well, I think that ticks the end of the buy-in, which by the way, I love the, I love one of my favorite parts about the pay-per-view and it's just such a small thing is that JR gets his own entrance at yeah. the end of the buy-in <laughs> before the main show. Yeah. So I just, he's a big deal. So. Yeah, and I and I love that he has music that I'm pretty sure is in the public domain, so he can use the same music he used in WWF. Yeah, so. it's the uh, yeah, it's the Oklahoma Sooners uh, fight song. So yeah, that's yep. yeah. All right, so that brings us to the end of that, and then we start the show. Um, let's see here. We the, the first thing they do is the uh, Britt Brit, Brit Baker and uh, Big Swall match. Yep. Um, what did you write down about this? Just who won, or did you put anything else down about no, it? No, I just put who won. I, I have a – like, for the most part, the match was pretty, um, like, average, I'd say, honestly. Yeah. I didn't think it was, like, bad uh, or anything, but it, it just wasn't, like, amazing. Um, the uh, – Britt Baker's assistant continuously getting involved was kind of annoying. Right. Um, I don't know. I kind of like the props they were using. Um Britt Baker accidentally like drugging herself or like Big Swole like making her drug herself was kind of funny. Right. Uh, like I like that part. I thought that was kind of like I thought that yeah. was like a clever way of kind of like pulling that off. Um, yeah, I don't know. Like overall, it was just fine. Like it wasn't yeah. bad by any means. See, I uh, okay. So my problem was that I couldn't at times I couldn't tell what they were trying to t- do. Like, I think it ended up being a comedy angle completely, which is fine. But there are points where they're treating it too seriously that, like, no, you can't do the menacing rip breakers in the background and Big Swole's not aware of it in a, in a goddamn comedy match where hey, we're going to have, you know, lidocaine used to numb someone's leg. It just, it felt a little muddled in that way. Like, they didn't go full enough comedy, I guess, for me for it to just be a comedy match. Well, I mean, I don't, I don't know. Maybe it's just because I don't feel like it needs to be completely one way or another. Also, right. someone like standing menacingly or whatever over the other person's shoulder, like that's not that didn't necessarily like that could be perfect. That works perfectly fine in like your your so called like comedy match or whatever. Right. Because like just like the way it looked, it didn't look like it. It was I don't know. Like it's it's not like she was trying to be. Like a um, like some supernatural figure or something, you know. Right. Well, also the it was fact like a, it was like that was more like a gotcha bitch kind of thing. Yeah. Well, also the fact that they um, it's the first match of the night, like yeah. official match. If you didn't watch the buy-in, so that also bugged me a little bit. So we're gonna go from basically cold start. If you didn't watch the buy-in, first thing we're gonna do is leave the arena. That that <laughs> seems like a mistake to me. I feel like you want to get the crowd up. I think 
I think the Bucks and the next match was a much better starter match for the people in the arena than a match that they were just looking at a, um, you know, at a screen for basically. That's so, fair. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I think my only real question with that is if you do that though, and then you have like the big swole Britt Baker match after the Young Bucks and Jurassic Express, right. like that's just going to be such a like bring down. No offense right. to no offense to the to Swollen Baker. But like trying to follow Young Bucks and Jurassic Express with that would just be right. I don't know. It would just bring the show down to a halt. Which brings me to my other which brings me to my original point about them. Uh, that's why if I if I had the book, I would have left that on the pre show because it was a good match. It got you know, it was entertaining. Leave that on the pre show, put private party and the dark order as the no. first match. No. You're you not gonna so? Just from like a from a popularity and storyline perspective, uh-huh. you're not going to put Big Swole and Britt Baker in the pre-show and have freaking Alex Reynolds and John Silver on the main show. Okay, especially to start the show, like you're not yeah. going to do that. Like, yeah, those, like, right. like no offense to those guys, but they're not. <laughs> Sorry, go ahead. Yeah, exactly. Private party is not the only part of that equation. You got to think of who they're facing too, and they're yeah. facing both. And they're facing for better or worse, basically the two like jokes of the Dark Order. Right. Okay. Good point. All right. Well, um, like I'm um, like I said, it happened the way it happened. I can see the logic of why they did it. It's just not where my brain would have went. But you know, yeah. they're not paying me to do that, unfortunately. Exactly. And, um, well, I mean, um, why would? So yeah, happen? that leads us to the Young Bucks, and um, oh, I can't think of a name. Classic Express. Thank you. I God. I wish I had my notes. I feel so stupid without my notes. You shouldn't need your notes for that. Nope, I, I definitely do. My brain is not, like, I yeah, forget stuff instantly unless I watch it, like, five or six times over. So AEW, as much as I love it, because I can't rewatch it, kind of just leaves my head. It's sad. Well, you can't. What would you say? You can. Well, you can't rewatch the pay-per-views, I guess, but. You can rewatch yeah. the weekly show. Yeah. Well, yeah. At some point, hopefully I will, because that's how I got so good at WWE stuff, is that I, when I was a kid, I would just rewatch the pay-per-views on tape over and over and over again until they were basically sunk in my brain that I haven't nerd. memorized. But anyway, what a nerd. let's get back to this. <laughs> yes, yeah, a nerd. Yeah, that, that's a new statement. Yeah. Uh, anyway, so let's get back to that match. So, um... Hmm. Trying to think of what I, you know what? I mean, I, <laughs> I, I really, I mean, if we're gonna do this, I feel like you should just like write your notes out or something. If that's the case. Oh, he's gone. Okay, just me and the fans. Probably better this way. Oh, he's back. Yes, now I'm back. I don't know what. what I can't wait to listen back to this and hear about the, all the trash you talked about me. Um. Yeah. So actually, it's a good thing I checked because there was something specifically I wanted to ask you, but it was towards the end of the match. Um, but as far as the Young Buck go, one of the things that I is kind of bugging me about tag team wrestling in AEW in general is uh-huh. the 10 count for when they're tagging in and out. I I just don't like how much time that gives them. Like it's, Really? Yeah. How dare these tag teams do tag team moves? No, I don't mind uh, tag team moves. It's just that with the tens count, it gives them. There's no hurry to it. It's like 
yeah, you yeah. can basically just stay in here as long as you need to, whatever, you know, do 500 moves to each other. There's yeah, no fun and awesome. Yeah, but there's no, for the heels, there, it takes away a cheat, like finding a way to cheat. And plus the reference. I don't know, FTR so seems to be doing it pretty well. Yeah, but they were doing other cheats too. But but the referees are also so slow with the ten count. Like I was sitting there watching this match in particular at one point, and they were like in there for what felt like thirty seconds, and it was like six. What? You could at least be at nine by now, but to be a six, like yeah. It's just, I mean, yeah. I w- I will say I think the refs in general are kind of one. Like one issue, not even not even just one thing where they can improve upon. Not even really an issue, just something that needs improvement. Right. Um, but like that being said, like I personally, as a lover of like tag team wrestling and everything, like I love the fact that they are able to like pull off more tag team moves because that stuff's more fun. Like I just that it's more enjoyable to watch. Right. I mean, I get that. Like, I really, it's like I said, I'm not dissing the moves. I'm just saying that if the counts, do a 10 count, but do it quicker so that there's more urgency to we have to get these moves into those 10 seconds. Do you know what I mean? Because it just, it feels like the referees are purposely counting so slow that they could basically be in there for half the match before the referee would ever get to 10. And it just, and it just, takes something away. It takes the urgency away. And for the heels, it takes away that source of, you know, cheating. And yes, we're going to get to FDR's cheating because I loved it so much. It was so good. But that's yeah, but it's not just them. Like, there's plenty of, I, I don't know, like, to me, there's plenty of, like, shenanigans that go on right. that I don't think it's really affecting it in that way specifically. Right. Um, I do agree that I think the um, refs in general could use a little, like, sprucing up. But I just – I don't know. I don't think it's as – I don't think it's that big of a deal. Mm-hmm. And, I don't um, think it's a huge issue. The other thing I was, like, thinking about, are the Young Bucks turning heel or are they just trying to do a gray area because they were pretty heel I sense. mean – I, I mean, we'll get into this later on with the other match, right? But um, I, I mean, they might be. We might be going back to the uh, more healy uh, BTE, right? Which I'm fine with. There's so many like, yeah. Uh, actually, now that I think about it, there's not really too many. I was well, I don't know. I was gonna say there's too, there's like far too many heel like tag teams. Or far too many face tag teams now, anyways. Right. They could use another heel tag team, but then when I think about it, it's like no, that's not exactly the case. Actually, there's plenty. I yeah, I don't. I think the main thing for me is I need them to, at least if I were doing it, I want them to be a little bit more assertive one way or the other. And I think part of that is like a philosophy. Like because Cody's actually come out and said it that his philosophy about this about. Um, whether he's a good guy or a bad guy, it doesn't matter. He's just whatever he wants to be in the match. Yeah. And like yeah. But, but I kind of want good guys and bad guys. That's a big part of that's a big part of the broad appeal of wrestling. And I and I don't need it to be a hundred percent each time. I just want 
I don't want to play in the gray area just for the sake of playing in the gray area when, you know, being a bad guy would be so much better or being a good guy would be so much better. Yeah, I mean, I see that to a point, but, like, I feel like there's plenty of that, you know? Right. And I feel like you do need some, like, more gray area people. Like, you don't need every single, like, wrestler to be right, like, it. I don't know. The world's not black and white, so I don't necessarily need my wrestling to be black and white. Right. Yeah, and no. for the most part, AEW, most the most of the wrestlers in AEW are kind of like black or white. You know what I mean? Like they're kind of either like full good or full like full face or full heel. There's not too much gray in I mean, AEW. There's a good chunk though, like Jericho, Moxley. Well, um, I wouldn't consider Jericho gray at all. Are you kidding me? Are you joking right now? The way the, the way the crowd reacts to Jericho and the way he basks in the crowd. No, he, he like, is full he, heel. He, I I don't get I don't get 100 heel off him. Some of it makes me laugh that much. Is it makes it hard to hate him, and part of that's not his fault because he is doing heely stuff. Part yes, of he is a heel. That's what he's but, like. Yeah. I don't understand. He is full heel. He has not done a single face thing since he's come to AEW. Uh, like, a, I think part of it for me is more not even his fault. I think it's just that he's he's in the, kind of in that Ric Flair position now where um, Eric Bischoff said that if it, Ric Flair went off, out in front of the crowd and lit a puppy on fire, the crowd would still cheer him because he's yeah. just been there forever. I think okay. the same thing for me and Jericho at this point. That's still yeah. a huge move, though. If he lit a puppy on fire, you're not going to be like, oh, man, that's such a... That's such a tweener move. Like that's such an in between kind of guy move. Oh, that that puppy. I, like I feel bad for the puppy, but I mean he kind of had it coming. Like that's not that's just not the case, you know. Like just because he just because he gets cheered by like marks doesn't mean that he's not a complete and utter heel. All right, I'll I'll cede this point to you. I'm clear. I was clearly just blinded by my own markdom. Yeah, I think exactly. Like, yeah, so no, I just I understand you. You're you just you you like older wrestling and older wrestling. The bad guys got booed, the good guys got cheered. But yeah. unfortunately, nowadays it's just not like that. You know, like in yeah. order for a heel to get properly booed, they basically need to be MJF, which just is so much fun to watch. Exactly. But, all right, but um, yeah, this oh, that was what I was going to ask you. So I think some point in this match, I picked a bad time to do a bathroom break just because I had to. Um, and I kind of missed the setup that led us to Luchasaurus jumping into the crowd. Um, so I, I don't actually, like I saw the kind of replay, but what confused me is without seeing what actually happened, how did he end up in the crowd, but both the Young Bucks were fine to be in the ring to take out uh, Jungle Jack Perry? <laughs> so <laughs> I love that. So one of the Jacks, one of the young bucks, the uh, one of the young bucks got like hit and like got like sent to the outside right. and got like put over to, in the crowd. And uh, Lugosaurus went to do like the crazy like jump into the crowd to like take him out or whatever. But right. uh, wh- whichever young buck was back there, I think it was Nick actually. Um, but like whoever was back there moved out of the way, so Lugosaurus just like ended up in the crowd, and so, like, he was out. And then the young buck that was in the crowd, uh, or the young buck who had, like, gotten out of the way, 
just went okay. like got back and was able to get back into the ring and it worked out that way. Got it. Okay, that makes sense. I just didn't see it, so it just left me with this weird disconnect of like, wait, was he a part of that group and how did he get up then before Luchasaurus? No. But okay, that no. makes sense then. Yeah. Oh, right, and then yeah, then hold your uh, gotta hold your liquids a little better, sir. Yeah, there's there was another problem, and I don't want to admit this, but it happened. Um, I felt bad about it, but um, Jen was here, who was my fiance, and um, she was sleeping on the couch because uh, she doesn't care about wrestling. But I was laying on the other couch with a pillow, and I kind of fell asleep a couple times for at least a few minutes. Uh, <laughs> I felt horrible, but it did happen, so that that was also a problem. That's okay. You just suck. Yeah, I had a, I had a kind of long day, and then when somebody's snoring right next to you, you just sort of get, and then Jr's talking, and he just you know soothes everything that's wrong in the world just by talking. So <laughs> don't blame this. Don't blame this on Jr. <laughs> I could just like I would just listen to a podcast that's just Jr. like reading bedtime stories. Like, oh god. <laughs> anyway, that'd be amazing. Oh, but okay, but yeah, so that happened. I I didn't miss really much of anything. The other time it happened was like in between two matches. Okay. Um, so I might need your help on those, but it wasn't like I missed a lot. Um, so after that match, what was the next one? Because like I said, I don't have the list in front of me, and I I can't remember. So after that, it was the battle royale. Oh yes, the battle royale. Okay, so what do you think of the casino battle royale format? I like it. I think it's okay. I th- so basically, the fact that they can't really do it like the normal Royal Rumble way, because then they'd right. just be like stealing from, they'd basically be just doing a Royal Rumble. Like, right. If I, they do a Battle Royal, it's kind of just, you know, that's just I, stupid. Exactly. Like, I and, think this is a good, um, I think this is a good compromise. Yeah. I would agree with that. I think you get a lot of the, like, you don't get all the excitement in the Royal Rumble, but you get the countdown, you get to see unique matchups, people get to get their spots in before yeah. the ring's over the crowded. So yeah, I would agree with that. Yeah, um, it's perfectly fine. And I think this one in particular was pretty solid. I think it, um, one of the things I think it kind of did, depending on how they treat this, is mm-hmm. um, his name is Will Hobbs. Uh, oh yeah. He, he showed up, like he got to do some stuff. Yeah, like, no, he's and everything. definitely, yeah, he's definitely set up for a push um, right now after that. Yeah, like, he looked real good. Um, let's see. I felt really bad for Matt Seidel. Yes, like, that was... I felt so horrible. For... Okay, so before I get into what happened with Matt Seidel, because that was bad, um, I do think AEW might be in kind of a weird, slippery slope if they keep the Joker concept. Because people are going to start expecting this new, exciting, you know, surprise each time they yeah. have a Joker, and that's not always something you can hold up to, like in long term. So yeah, I don't sure. know. I, that worries me a little bit going forward. But it, 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 the last two have been fine, although this one did have that awful botch, which I couldn't even tell yeah. what it was trying to do. Uh, but apparently, he was going to go for a um, shooting star press. Shooting star press. Yeah, he was going for his finisher. Yeah. Well. So. I'll, I don't know if it's still his finisher, but it's like at the very least, it's one of his signatures. Yeah, I think it might be one. It might be, it might be a finisher of his too, though. Yeah, I mean, with the hair, I couldn't. I had to look him up just because I knew he was someone I knew, 
but I yeah. knew it was a different name. But you didn't remember? To look him up because it didn't register right away. That it was on first of all. You should have remembered yeah. him from ROH because he had the same freaking name. No, did I see him in ROH? I thought you left you ROH before I started watching, and then came back after I stopped watching. Oh, uh, maybe. I don't know, yeah. but either way, like I don't know. I just feel like. I don't know. I feel like you should have recognized him, even with the hair. I mean, Evan Bourne is yeah. Evan Bourne. Like, I'm, I'm okay. Truth about me, I really am kind of face blind. Like I can meet somebody and just not remember them at all. It's yeah. just it's something that's wrong with me. So yeah, yeah I have to look at that. But it wasn't his fault. Not just me. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, no, just a nasty bump. I mean, I, I don't, I don't know. And then the sad part for that to me wasn't the bump itself. It was like. I think that was clearly his only real spot. Yeah. Because they yeah. didn't get to do anything else basically the rest of the Battle Royal. Yeah, that was really bad. I felt really, I felt terrible for the guy. Um, yeah, no, no, no. I, I agree. I felt really bad for him. That sucked. One thing I would love to know, um, and I don't know who would talk about this at this point, but I would love to know how that match is booked. Because over the last, like, couple years listening to all the podcasts I do, I've kind of got a good understanding of how the Royal Rumble is booked, you know, how they they um, can space it out and how people know when they're going to be eliminated and what they're doing. Yeah. But with groups of five coming in, that doesn't work that way. So I wonder how they book eliminations. No, um, I don't know. I mean, yeah. they have it figured out apparently because it's worked so far. Yeah, no, I'm sure. I'm just curious about the process. Like I'm a nerd yeah. for process stuff like that. So that's something I'd be very interested to find out more about. Yeah. How do uh, you feel about the ending? I Okay, so I like the ending as far as, like, I like who won. I I like getting Jake involved, but I feel like it wasn't it wasn't done well. Like, getting Jake involved looks silly in, that, in the way that it shouldn't have. Yep, I agree. I think in general, like, yeah, I don't know. I agree. Like, I completely get bringing a snake, using the snake to freak a Kingston out a little bit so that he's distracted, but just like throwing the bag up at him. Yeah. That was, that was weird. Yeah, that was really dumb. Not only that, but like some of like like uh, um, like I think Blade came out, came back yeah. out and I think there was like one other, I think it might have been Ray Phoenix, but it might have been oh, actually yeah. it might have been, no, I'm pretty sure it was Ray Phoenix, but like he came right. out too and they just kind of like, I don't know. It just made it yeah. really kind of a mess. They had to be there to catch him when you could have just like like have people selling their own eliminations before we got to that point to be the people there to catch him. Yeah. So it wasn't just like forced. Yeah. You know? it, yeah, that was the main issue with that for me. But overall, though, it's still fine. Um, yeah. I, I want to say I wasn't completely expecting Lance Archer to win. Like, right. a, I don't know. Like, I think it's because I expected the the another match to have a different result. So I was expecting right. this to have a different result. Right. Well, because we, we even mentioned it when he won, it kind of telegraphs MJF and Moxley. And yeah. I think the same thing would have been true. Honestly, to be to be fair to what I would think, if, if they had let a face win, I think that still leaves your main event 50-50. Exactly. Because, I agree 100%. Because Moxley's fought more than enough faces. Yeah. Well, yeah. Also, he's, like a, he's, like a, he's like a fight anyone kind of guy, so. Right. 
but also um, Darby Allen got a really good response, like probably one of the best ones of the night from the limited crowd. Like it was loud when he came out. Yeah, yeah they really liked the guy. I don't Which know I'm... what they're planning with him, but yeah, he's definitely on his way. But um, yeah, so let's see what happened. I'm trying to think if there's anything else that was really important. No, that was about it for the Battle Royale, honestly. Um, I, like, I think I, I like some of the teases. Like, um, I don't know. Like, I really – a Lance Archer-Brian Cage match would be really good. Yeah. Like, that'd be really sick. I did enjoy Taz's heel commentary and, like, how into it he got as his, as his yeah. guys got eliminated and then just picking a new favor because he had to. Yep. But yeah, no, I <laughs> – it was overall it was a good match. I like. I did find it really weird that those fireworks went off, and they had to explain. Oh yeah, they were. had to explain that. Yeah, that was really weird. It's like, yep, that happens sometimes. That happens where I live. Occasionally, you can hear the fireworks from. I don't know if, because you used to live here. Did you ever hear yeah. the fireworks going off at the stadium? Yeah, yeah. You, uh, I haven't heard it so much this summer because of the whole virus thing, but it, it that's a big thing around here. Okay, so um, yeah, why don't we take a break and then we'll cover the rest of the show. This sounds good. All right. Okay, we're back. There we go. So I used some of our break. That won't be a break for the audience, but a break for us. Use our break to look at the notes. And there's a couple of things I wanted to circle back to just because oh. I didn't want to leave them on the table. All right. Um, for the Britt Baker match, one thing that got me right away, it was like one of my first notes, is the um, the referee ringing the bell. I literally just wrote down, what fucking bell? Like, <laughs> yeah, I thought that was really stupid. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I just I had to go back to I was like, yeah, what the hell bell were they talking about? And then for, the bell the ring, like they were, he was trying out, oh, like he knew he was being cameraed or whatever, like taped, so... I get, like I get what where where he was coming from, but it was just very very stupid. I hated it. Yeah. Then the other thing, which was more serious thing, which I really do want to mention, just because it lends to why I was not a hundred percent sold in the match. There's a really um, well known wrestling thing that when you do stuff in the back, you have to really lay in your shots. Like you have to hit them pretty much as real as you possibly can to make them look realistic when you're doing it anywhere but the ring. And yeah. they just were not doing that. It was just like, I was just like, oh, please, just no, that doesn't look right in this environment. And that's that's true for a lot of stuff like this. It's just, But it's something that I heard a while back. And I was like, oh, yeah, because where I heard it was that famous Savage Hogan fight from Saturday Night's uh, main event. Um mm. I don't know if it was on a podcast somebody mentioned, but they knew, that Savage knew that you had to lay in those shots to make them look realistic when you do the back. And after I heard that, I've noticed that people just don't know that or don't do that when they're on TV, so it doesn't look as good. And that, looking back, looks really good. So I thought I'd mention that because that's a really good piece of psychology I would like to see return, especially if we're going to do more matches like that. Okay, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. The other thing we forgot in the Battle Royal, which I don't know how the hell we forgot this, the thumbtacks and the body bag. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. How did we forget that? I don't know. Jesus. Oh, we're so jaded. That's just 
Oh. Maybe. Maybe that's it. Maybe maybe our minds were just like, oh, yeah, thumbtacks in a body bag and then being thrown <laughs> over the top rope. Eh, whatever. See it like 500 times, whatever. Yeah. It's like every match. It's like a snow globe from hell. I don't, I don't even know how to express what that, like, the idea of doing that would be. How you would think about doing that to somebody, and if and if you did watch the show and you're listening to this podcast, um, at one point, uh, I think it was right after Ricky Starks gets eliminated, he pulls out a body bag, which Taz finds just so much entertainment out of, and it's got Darby Allen's name on it, and he gives it to Brian Cross the body bag, and um, Brian Cage. Brian Cage. I was mixing up two people. Brian yep. Cage. And um, he gives them a body bag, and they put thumbtacks inside the body bag first, and then they put Darby in the bag, and then they throw Darby over the top rope, eliminating him from the Battle Royal. But also, I just, I can't even imagine. Also killed him, basically. Yeah, basically, like, they could have murdered him. Like it, They might have murdered him, yep. Like, <laughs> that was insane. For murdering somebody with, um, uh, with thumbtacks, that might be it. So, yeah, oh, man. Like, God, that was crazy. That was at, like, my goodness. Uh, so I'm glad we circled back around to that because I just I don't know how we've gotten in the first place. Yeah. Looking over the list, the next match was the Broken Rules match, which has really set the internet on fire today. Right. I mean, um, I don't blame them, but like, you like know, I feel like he had to have been okay. They wouldn't have kept the match going if he wasn't okay. Right. Like, no, they didn't. Like, clearly, he must have shown the doctor that he was okay to at least do the final stunt in that few seconds because they had already rung the bell. But at the same time, if I think if it were just a regular, like, blow off match, they might have let Sammy have the win. But when the win means that Matt Hardy's not coming back, right? You can't let that go, you know? Yeah, no, exactly. For for my part, because I love being a wrestling fan, because I literally could not tell until later, like till today, for sure. I heard all the reports whether it was real or not. Like, not a hundred percent. I was like, eh, that that seems like it was kind of an ending, but I've also been screwed with before. I, you just can't ever be a hundred percent when you're a wrestling fan for so many years. But that was a nasty bump off the top and he clearly did just smack his head off the concrete oh like, yeah no that was obvious like i pretty much knew it was, so i knew it was real right from the beginning but then once it like everything kicked off again i was like oh maybe i'm yeah. wrong never mind i guess everything's fine yeah i think the way they did it makes sense especially now that i just heard that he was still in the hospital by like today like he might still be there now the way they did it made sense but if for me I would have maybe, if it were possible, let one match go and then restart it with the finish just like they did, but give it like that one match to do that. But knowing now that he's actually in the hospital, probably better they just got out of the way, got him wherever he needed to go as quickly as possible. Um, and yeah, I don't, I don't think AEW deserves the hate for what they're getting. It was, it was clearly like the fall itself looked about as safe as it could be. It's just the over, it was overshot. And like they had a doctor right there who said who looked at him, and I guarantee you, if he thought there was a chance that there was going to be permanent damage from him climbing up a scaffolding, they wouldn't have let him do it. So, yeah, no, for sure. 
I yeah. I like unfortunately, and I mean you you get like people can think whatever they want. I don't really care. It's not like right. I'm trying to get famous or anything. Like they Wait, this world the like, about the way our the way this country is right now, everyone is just so overly sensitive about literally every little thing that like a flea could fart and like someone will be outraged about it. Like it's unfortunately that's just the world we live in right now. And because of that thing, like things like this are going to be completely like blown out of proportion and just like shat on. And like I, like we've kind of said, like there's no way with the professionals they have there, there's no way they would have let it go if there was, if there was like a, a risk right. to, to his yeah. like permanent health. He clearly showed coherency to the doctor. I'm sure the doctor asked him like, where you are, what's your name? Exactly. He showed enough coherence. He's like, okay, we should be able to get the finish, but that's all you can do is get the finish and get out of here. And that's what they did. So, you know, it was, it was what it was. I would have liked to see what they would have done if they had their full time. I'm also interested to know, because the show still went to midnight, that means somewhere they either were already running long or they picked up more time. Yeah. So I wonder where, like, who got the extra time or who went long in the beginning. It's just I'm interested to know what where that was. Yeah, so, me too. But yeah, no, like, I'm, I hope, I think Matt's okay. I think I heard either he, like I say, he's either still in the hospital or just about to be released. They have said he's supposed to be at Dynamite on Wednesday, so it sounds like he was okay. And yeah, no, I think they did everything they could do responsibly, especially having Tony come on and like make sure you knew that no, the doctor really did, you know, didn't just say, okay, whatever. Like the doctor was like comfortable letting him finish. So that's what they did. But all right, so I think yeah, there's not much more to say about that. I'm, I'm disappointed that I didn't see more. The fact that he's perfectly fine—that's the most important thing to say—is that he's he's perfectly fine, and people need to calm down. Um, so I think the next match is the next match the Dark Order match. Uh, nope. Next nope. match is Takara Shida and Thunder Rosa, which okay. I will say right now, I thought. And like I know, we we all know your feelings on the subject, <laughs> but Sorry. I thought Hikaru Shida and Thunder Rosa, like for the most part, uh-huh. were like tearing the place down. Yeah, I like match. Um, I feel really bad about this. I know like, you hated was, it, but this is no, no, no. It's not even that I hate it. It's that. It wasn't even though it was a bad match, but this was one of those moments where I fell asleep. Yeah, I fell asleep I before you. I, you, I, did, I could have guessed. You didn't even have to tell me, dude. I, I know. I know how you feel about this stuff. I fell asleep before the ending, like before the finish, and I woke up in the introductions to the next match. So, it's like It was a really good match. Like, was, like um, I loved. So one of the coolest things, and it wasn't uh-huh. even like a huge thing, but one of the coolest things was Hikaru Shida putting the chair down, like let, laying, like putting the chair out to uh-huh. like how she usually does the knee, and she puts uh-huh. it down. She she goes walks back, and as soon as she turns around, Thunder Rosa's jumping off the chair, yeah. knee and knee and Shida herself, and it was so good. It was perfectly timed. It was 
Oh, it was so good. This match yeah. was just, I, I, oh, this match was so good. So I like, I did take some notes and I did, like I said, I oh, know wow. what I've said before. I did enjoy the parts of the match I was awake for. It really wasn't their fault. It was just literally me being tired. But mm-hmm. okay. um, I did think of something at the beginning that kind of bugs me just because of what AEW's kind of mission statement as a company has been. Uh-huh. Win- wins are supposed to matter. So the fact that uh, Thunder Rosa only has one match, even though it's a win, and is getting a title match, bothers me a little bit. Like, well, it's like been- a... It was like a champion versus champion thing. Well, if it had just been an exhibition of champion versus champion, that's fine. But it was a title match. She got a title shot over other people with much better records than her in AEW. Yeah. I mean, she's the NWA women's champion, though. Yeah. No, like, I completely see the reasons you can sell it. I can see the kayfabe. And I'm not even, like, that mad at the idea of somebody wanting to sell it. I'm just saying from an AEW purely standpoint, her record's one and zero. That's supposed to be the be all end all that decides whether you get a title shot or not, and it just it, it just bothered me a little bit. That's all. It was me being nitpicky, really. I, I know say, I'm kind of nitpicking here. Yeah, I was just I want to point out. Um, I the feel other like thing, you didn't pay attention to the match, and you didn't really care about it, so you had to nitpick it for something. Well, first of all, I don't <laughs> want to insult them because clearly they listened to the show. Because I don't know if you picked up on it. But Thunder Rosa did use the exact same surfboard that we saw in the um, Fly and Brian Johnny B. Bad match that we pointed out as a good move that modern wrestlers could use. Oh, that's fair. So clearly they're listeners, and I want to say, I am so sorry I fell asleep. Your match was awesome. I have nothing but awesome things to say about the part that I saw. I just really was exhausted and just... I just couldn't stay awake. I'm so sorry. It was not you. It was me. So, God, you are such a horrible wrestling fan. <laughs> I I, I'm, I felt so bad. I think that was the last time, though. I think I was able like, to... The fact it. that you don't even try to hide it. The fact that you're like, yeah, I fell asleep during the match. Fuck off. <laughs> oh, I, you know, it makes me... Not even just the horrible wrestling fan. It just makes me feel really old. Like, it makes yeah, me feel you. like my dad. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but yeah, so that, like I said, I didn't, unfortunately, I didn't get to see the ending, but the match has got nothing but good, like great praises. And I, from what I saw, it completely deserves it. And obviously you loved it. So I'm just going to see to you that this was maybe one of the highlights of the night. Um, it was really solid. It was one of the better better women's matches I've seen in a long time. Okay. Maybe at some point, hopefully, they'll find a way to stream all this stuff so I can go back and watch it like I should have done the first time. But, you know, is what it is. Can't go back. Have to go forward. Yeah. All right. So now that has – yeah, because that's what woke me up was Justin Roberts doing the intro for the um, uh, Dark Order. So Aren't you forgetting about the most important – oh, so you were – so were you pa- you were passed out during the huge announcement? Yep, I like I literally woke up as the dark order was going down the rain. So if it didn't happen, you're gonna have to fill me in right here. So what happened? All right. So my note for this, because you know how I feel about this particular kind of uh, um, particular kind of shtick in wrestling. Mm-hmm. So my note for this, in all caps, is goddamn weddings. <laughs> I did see something about it. I didn't know that's where it was announced. 
Oh, the Kip yep. Sabian thing. Kip Sabian and Penelope Ford and their fucking nuptials. Oh, it's it's been done to death. I don't like maybe they've thought of a new thing that's never been done before, but you're never gonna have a quote unquote serious wedding that's gonna be emotionally satisfying yeah. like Randy and Liz. And you're never going to out-crazy the crap we've seen in WWE for the last three decades. I just hate it. It's just, yeah, I don't know what the point is anymore. I just hate it so much. So that uh, was my note on that. Yeah. I, I, I just picked out goddamn weddings and all caps. I completely agree with you, and I'm kind of okay that I missed that by falling asleep. So, yeah. So, yeah, so we need to find out who his best man's going to be on Wednesday. <laughs> so, you know, so uh, you know who it's not going to be? Jimmy Havoc. Yeah, we know it's not going to be Jimmy Havoc. So, um, but yeah, so that was really, I don't know. So, yeah, so that happened. That was really annoying. Um, but yeah, so after that stupid crap, um, we have, yeah, we got, we have the, uh, the Rhodes Alliance, as I like to call them, taking on the Dark Order. Okay. So here's my, like, my first question on this match. And it was like just one name. And then three question marks. Scorpio Sky. Why the hell is he in this match? Because uh, he challenged. He was like the before. Bro, he was a well. So a few things. He was the last. Cha- First of all, because he's fucking amazing. And right. well, I'm not going to question talent. I'm just like from a storyline point of view. He seems like an team. He was the last one to challenge Cody before Brody destroyed him. Yeah, um, that seems kind of flimsy, but I'll allow it as a. <laughs> just one thing, so calm down. I have more. Um, <laughs> so not only that, but um, Scorpio Sky also kind of like was like eyeing down Brody Lee after Brody had won the title. Okay, it's more like a Scorpio. It was more like a Scorpio Sky wants the title kind of thing, right? As to why he was joining them, less about a um, less about a I'm in this for Cody kind of thing. At least okay. from the way I saw it. Less of a I'm in this for Cody kind of thing and more of a I, like, I want your title, you piece of crap. Like, that should be okay. mine. See, and I, and I like that psychology a lot better than the – because the tenuous, you know, he was the last guy to challenge. I knew that already. But well, that, that was – yeah, I think that was a part yeah. of it too. But I think mainly it was just like, I want that title. That's yeah. That's going to be mine. You you some you some some. I, I would have preferred it if the um, – like, if the – the announcers during the match had made that a little bit more clear just because I feel like that's a much stronger impetus to why he's there than I, I respect Cody because you know he beat me that one time. You know, that yeah, me. well, not only that, so speaking of Scorpio Sky, mm-hmm. where was he? He was in yeah. the match because right? he was pretty much invisible, which I thought was ridiculous considering like how like big of a put, like how like just how awesome he's been lately and how how his matches have been. Like I feel right. like he to have much a much bigger role to play. Right. Yeah, no, I completely agree with you. I was like I like we got to the middle of the match and I was like, wow, Scorpio Sky has not got to do a lot and that is not a good thing when he yeah. doesn't get to do a lot. As as opposed to QT Marshall who apparently gets to do everything. Um just just everything. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. No, I don't understand. Like, he's improved a lot. Good for him. But there's but, no reason for him to have as big of a part to play. 
except for the fact that he's like closer to Cody, I guess. But like, I'm like maybe that was a part of it. Maybe like since the since the three of them were like a lot closer to Cody than Scorpio Sky, maybe but, I don't know. Maybe that's why they were had much more of a, a much larger role to play in the in the match or something. Yeah. I don't know. But I didn't. I wasn't a huge fan. One thing. Okay, so going to the other guys that actually got to do something. Um, I did one thing I noticed about um, what's his name Cordona. I just I wanted to call him Ryder, but it's Cordona. Mm-hmm. Um, I did like that he changed the name of his move because he had to, but I like the name he chose, calling it Radio Silence. Oh yeah, me too. Yeah, I really like that. That was a nice dig to his old, you know. Yeah, just really good. I liked it a lot. And yeah. then um, same here. Duck I think I, I, I think Zach, or, I think Matt Cordona. Cardona is like pretty talented. Like obviously he's like old, a little bit older now and he's been in the right. for a while, but like, I don't know. I like the dude. I don't think he's going to be anything huge, but he's probably going to have like a, he's probably going to have at least like one, I would assume at least like one TNT title run or something like while he's there. Right. And then, um, Oh, so the other big thing like that's lit up the internet um, which I caught the comment, and I was like, oh, that might be a problem. Did you catch the comment watching live, the whole um, JR thing? Oh, yeah. I, I knew as soon as he said it, people were going to freak out. Whatever. Yeah. Like, it made me laugh in the way that, like, listening to my dad say something inappropriate makes me laugh. Like, I knew he wasn't serious. And exactly. I knew and it was a joke. Uh, like, doing, for me... This is just me, my personal opinion, because I, I don't – I understand why that would upset people if it were just just based on some of the stuff that happens. There are gross people in the world. For me, I think the person that you have to start, whether or not we should be overly offended by this, is the person the comment was about, and I haven't seen anything come out where she's like, why why would you objectify me like that? You know, you know she, hasn't, she hasn't said anything. She – you know, so I don't know. That's where I would start. And if, and exactly. if she's okay with it, I think we should be okay with it. And I well, honestly think it was also about intention. His intention was honestly just to be funny in that moment. I, that's clearly what he wanted to do is just make you laugh. And it worked. Not, it made me laugh. Good taste or not. Yeah. Made me chuckle to myself, I would say. But, yeah. Well, yeah. Just, uh, I've already said it before, but unfortunately, how things are right now, like yeah. you don't need you don't need someone to be offended by something because there's a million people out there that are just chomping at the bit to be offended for them. So yeah, there's a great quote um, that's from a podcast host I like, Paul Mattingly. Actually, it's from Salman Rushdie, but he um, the quote is, "You have the right. Uh, you don't have the right not to be offended. Meaning, you you can be offended. You do not have the right to never be offended ever." Like, and that's what people think that they have. They think they have the right to go into a movie and never be offended or a TV show or whatever. You you don't have that right. You, you have the right to be offended, but you don't have the right not to be offended. So, Huh? Explain that to me. <laughs> okay. So you have the right to be offended to anything you want to be offended by, but you don't have the right to be not offended, meaning it's not everyone else's job to make sure that the world falls in line with your worldview, that you're never offended by anything that is put on TV or books or what music or whatever. 
you don't have that right for the world to constantly cater to what offends you. Does that make sense? Yeah, I, yeah, I guess it, the way you, the way it's it's stated sounds it, more like it's ripping on people who aren't offended by anything. But maybe no, that's it, ba- it. Basically, means you don't have the right to expect the world to moder- to you know completely bow down to you and make sure that you're never offended. No, that's what you. it's supposed to be saying. Yeah, yeah. I like I like the way it's said, but yeah, so it can be a little confusing when you're just hearing it off the cuff. Anyway. But um, yeah, that was uh, oh Dustin. Like Dustin's performance, I like he just when he gets in that mode, it's like thirty years just come off them. Yeah, he's so good, it's amazing. Like, even at his even at his advanced age, like the dude is just so, so so good. Like and it's he, insane. Oh. Uh, and you know what I love is that it's it, it's you put that raw talent that he always had and that he's just somehow managed to hold on to through all these years, but then you put the brain that he has developed over all these years in there now, where you got, and this wasn't in this match, but if you go back to the Dynamite before it, I think it was, I forget who they were wrestling. It was the Young Bucks. It was in that uh, gauntlet match. Yeah, yeah. And, like, he was doing arm drags, and, like, he stopped and, like, just... <laughs> Went to his knees and like was heavy breathing <laughs> as a joke, and it was just so fucking funny. Yeah, <laughs> and like to be able to do that, but completely still be taken seriously, like it's just something that you get after five decades worth of experience at this point. The dude is a rare talent. Yeah, the dude is obviously an extremely rare talent. Um, that whole, I mean, that whole family is just. Yeah, I I don't know if there's anything you can not say about that family. And then we get to the ending. Like, and actually, I'll, I'll admit that I also wanted to point out, but it doesn't work because obviously the match was going to go to the Nightmare Family. When I thought that the Dark Order was going to win, when they hit those four different um, tag moves on QQ oh, Marshall, yeah. I was like, why, why couldn't that have been a finish? Like, because they're not winning. Right, which makes sense now, but... I wish that we lived in a wrestling world, and I've said this before, where I could have honestly believed in my heart that that was going to be a finish. Even if the Dark Order won, I knew they weren't going to win with those four moves, and that shouldn't be the case. That should have been a false finish. It's like, what? He kicked out? And it wasn't, even a little bit. Yeah. And it wasn't even like it was Dustin. It was QT Marshall, who, again, who has approved, but I shouldn't like instantly be like, yeah, yeah, he's going to kick out. So, yeah, that's just, fair. That's an old gripe for me, and I'll try not to get too much on my soapbox about it. But yeah, that just that caught me. But um, I really like the ending. I like the psychology of the whole, um, yeah, the, the just the serving that up to Cole Cabana, and this time him screwing up the pin somehow. Yeah, that was crazy. Like I, they they had mentioned it before, but like yeah, that was the first time. Like so, that's like the first time since he's like been associated with the Dark Order. Uh-huh. Yeah. Ooh, sorry. That um Brody Lee like freaked out on him. Like he's just yeah. been kinda like kinda like um kind of closing uh Colt's eyes to like all the like bad crap right. about the Dark Order and how like how crappy he really is as a person. But then right. this is like the first time where it's like really come out. Which makes like there's so much about it that makes so much good psychological sense, and just yeah. stuff that you wouldn't like. 
you would hope to think of, but you wouldn't always necessarily think of the fact that Colt this is the first time Colt's wearing their colors. So he's yep. even more indoctrinated now. And it's just, and like the ending where everybody else leaves with Brody, but Evil Uno sticks behind to sort of apologize for Brody. And that like, was weird. I don't, I, that was weird. I don't know. See, I liked it because I, I understood, like I was thinking from a cult mentality, Evil Uno is, you told me this the other day, he's the um, the press guy for them. He's the guy yeah. that's got to put a good face on it. So he's stuck behind me like, oh, don't worry about it. That was, you know, that was just the heat of the moment. Just make sure Colt's not too driven away by yeah. seeing who Brody really is. It made sense to me, especially after you told me he was like the press guy. It was like, oh, yeah, no, that's exactly who would stick behind to sort of smooth that over with Colt. Yeah, that's fair. So, but yeah, so I like I really liked it. And oh man, the promo afterwards where Dustin found out that he was going to get a title shot, uh, literally gave me chills. Like I just you don't hear promos like that anymore. It was so simple, but just so perfect. Yeah, the dude's just like I I don't know. Like we already talked about it in the actual for the the actual match, but he's just in everything he does, he's just at another level. Yeah, I it just yeah I couldn't I couldn't say enough good things about that. And I'm really excited to see that match, even though I'm very certain that Brody's not going to lose that quickly. I'm right. very yeah. excited to see the match. Yeah, the match will be really good, even though we'll know the outcome for the most part. Like the match itself, it's still going to be really good. Yeah, but um, that I think takes us to the Mimosa Mayhem match, right? Nope. Nope. Okay. Next which one? FTR and Page and Omega. Oh, okay, that's where we are. All right. Um, yeah, so really, real like, awesome tag match. I, oh, just so good. Like, the psycho, like, and I, I harp on this a lot, but the psychology of this match was just done so well. Like, everything was just pitch perfect. I mean, yeah. starting with the whole, and I love, you know, like, anybody that's listened to this long at this point, has listened to the episodes we've done, knows this about me. I was absolutely in love with the detail of talking about Tully's shoes. Like, <laughs> that was so cool to me that, you know, you had the shoes on that he wore the last time he wore them, he was a tag champ. That was so, like, nerd boner for me. <laughs> so that was a great way to start it. And then to have it start off with the whole psychology of Paige, like, asking to be let in to start the match and asking Kenny to trust him, which we talked about like the psychology going into the match to me. Cause I, I'm, I missed something or I wasn't paying attention when I was going into it. I thought that Paige had, wasn't duped by um, FTR so much more that he was siding with them, but still feeling guilty about portraying his old friends that's where I thought his head was at, but clearly, like, right away they established that, no, he was duped by FTR. They got him to betray his friends. Yeah, they and, made yeah, it very, very clear last week. Which I was, like, I was, yeah, I was very um, happy that they made clear the match as well, because I just, like I said, my brain didn't process the storyline correctly, which happens to me occasionally. So well, yeah, I mean, to be fair, though, it was just that, it was the Wednesday before, like it was. It was that last. It was that or Thursday or whatever, or Wednesday. Right. It was the dynamite where it like where it got like where it happened basically. Yeah, but yeah, no. So I liked 
that. I um I loved FTR like the way they wrestled the match. One thing that stuck out to me was the classic. This is a little bit later in the match, but the classic um, abdominal stretch and then the fake tag and like switching up partners with how they had the referee catch them. Yeah. Which never happens, like never happened back in the day with the heel team. They could have done that all night and no referee would have ever called them on it. So I really enjoyed that little twist on it. That's like, yeah, we know what you're expecting. You're expecting the ref to let us get away with it. And he's not going to do that. So that really got me. Um, but what were your thoughts about some of this stuff? Yeah, I thought it was a really good match overall. Um, like, like just very, very, very solid. Uh, I liked how even though Omega and Paige, ha- they like you could see this like there was this like tension between the two of them, but like right. you could see despite the tension, just like the between the tag team moves they're pulling off. And, like, the fact that they were still, like, fighting tooth and nail for each other throughout the entire match. Right. Just, this, like, awesome, like, um, just sort of atmosphere, I guess, for the match. Because, mm-hmm. um, like you, like I said, like, you clearly, you, you knew there was, a, like, you know going in there's issues with the team. But, like, they, despite that, like, they just go for it. And they right. do everything they can to like hang out of these titles. And the match was good. Everything I don't think there was really any like blunders or anything. Like, it was just real smooth overall. Um yeah, uh, it was a really good match. Yeah. Right I did one. like and I just want to put this up before I forget. I did like that the FTR hits the Steiners finisher, they hit the British Bulldogs finisher. Oh yeah. They're pulling out it. Yeah, but the reason I liked it was like, oh my god, it's almost like Kenny and um, and uh, Adam Page are basically fighting every great tag team of the past as they're <laughs> fighting FTR. Yeah. So I just I like that moment. I was just like, oh, that's that's a really cool thing to see. Yeah, and I mean, if any team is gonna like, I don't know, like I've always I've never really considered Page and them, even though like they've done really really well as a tag team, far mm-hmm. better than I ever expected them to look. Um, like they were never really a tag team, you know. They were always two singles wrestlers that had no. There was a reason they never like put an entrance together or did anything like that. They were clearly just two singles wrestlers, yeah. Exactly. So I mean, having a real tag team like FTR hold the titles now, uh, I just like I think is very very good. Having Omega and Page split up is probably for the best. They have enough. They have enough amazing tag teams in the division. They don't need Omega and Page, you know. And I don't. And before I even knew that they were for sure going to split up, something in my my heart of hearts, looking at Kenny's entrance, is like, I really think I need a singles Kenny Omega. Like I think I need that. I need that to happen. I need him to be on his own. Um, That's where where he's at his best. Yeah. At the time, my brain was like you were thinking heel, which I think is where they're going to go. But I was actually thinking a good guy, Kenny, would have been a really good matchup for who I thought was going to be the champion, honestly, MJF. Like face Kenny versus MJF for the title, I thought would have been a really good program. Yeah. Obviously, not what's going to happen, but that's where where my brain was at. Yeah. Yeah. Um, What was the, there was something else. Oh. 
so this is again me being nitpicky, but I think it is a valid mm-hmm. thing. Um, the okay, so FTR hit what they're calling the Mindbuster, which I love that name for that that a pile driver. Um, and then they did a really good psychological. It didn't look forced. It was just really done, well done delay so that it protected the move when Adam Page kicked out. Because um, if they pinned him right away, they were going to win. But what I didn't like was then going back to that same move the second time. I would have preferred them to go to um, Goodnight Express to finish the match instead of going to the Mindbuster again. Yeah, that's their new finisher, though. So yeah, I see. So I would have either liked them to hit the Goodnight Express and then do the delay and the pin and the kick out and then do Mindbuster, or do it the other way around. I just don't like doing Mindbuster twice. Um, I even with the delay, I didn't like that. I don't know. It just bugged me. I know. To be fair, though, you are. That's very, very, very nitpicky, and also not necessarily <laughs> something everyone would agree with. Yeah, it's almost like I went to school, got a master's degree, and spent most of my time writing like 30, 40 page papers on just wrestling. And so, developed very specific taste about what I like about wrestling. Extremely specific. (laughs) Uh, But I'm also right. Anyway, uh, so I think that, yeah, oh, the end of the, the very end after the walkout, I think it was. I think it was good to not do a full heel turn right there with Omega blasting Page, yeah. but also not catching him. And I, I think I, I think I saw it online that somebody did confirm that he basically said it's time for like a cleaning when he was going out to the car. Um, so that's what I thought. Like I think he's teasing that he's going to be going back to the cleaner gimmick, and that's the idea is going to be heel, but go back to that gimmick. I mean, I, that'd be fine. I'd be fine with that. Um, we'll see what happens on Wednesday, but because um, I'm sure there'll be some sort of like, I don't know, either this Wednesday or the week after. I'm sure there'll be some sort of like final resolution kind of thing between Omega and Paige, right. um, where they like finally officially break up. All right. Yeah, we'll see what happens. I can't wait I for assume. Wednesday. But then the next match I know is the Mayhem match because only two matches left that I know happened. Yep. So, I first of all, I want to say that I was always on board with the Mayhem match. I know that some people get kind of like um, squirrely when they hear a new gimmick match, but the yep. fact that the rules were so simple made it okay for me. Like, the fact that it was pin, submission, or get thrown into the stuff. Like, gimmick matches are, for me, really when you know they're going to be problems when the explanation takes like five minutes and then it's still hard to follow when you watch it. That was a very clear, this is how you're going to win. So I thought it was an okay gimmick match. So, yeah, no, that's fair. I, uh, I wasn't, um, I wasn't on board like right away because it just sounded really stupid to me. Um, I wasn't on board really until I saw the setup. I was like, Oh, okay. They're like two little cubs or whatever. They're like two yeah. little pools. Like, that's fine. I, for some reason, I thought it was literally, and this is just me being, like, ridiculous probably, but I thought it was going to be, like, a like a pool size like, thing of, like, orange juice, basically. Like, I thought right. it was going to be, like, an, not Olympic, but, like, like a, I don't know how to put it, just like a, like a swimming pool sized. Right. 
thing. See, I had I had the idea of like smaller pools like they did, but my in my head it was like uh, square aquariums about the the length of the ring is what I was looking. What I thought um, was going to be. So I actually liked the setup they did better because it gave more space to you know wrestle around and yeah, for and, sure. So. But um, I oh, I wanted to mention because I really do like the psychology of it because it's a subtle thing from Jericho, and it's got to be Jericho's idea. The fact that pretty much all of his matches are refereed by Audrey Edwards, the one referee that he constantly complains about. I just I really like that little psychological thing, and it's got to come from Jericho. I just can't imagine anybody else is like telling him who's refereeing his matches. So yeah, that's that really fun. I like that too. Yeah. And um, yeah, I really like the action. One part that made me laugh as they were like using the props and stuff mm-hmm. when Jericho picks up the uh, champagne bucket and hits Cassidy. Tony Schiavone says he hit him with that steel bucket. I just wrote steel bucket. Come, Tony, come on, <laughs> like, <laughs> aluminum maybe. Like that's not a steel bucket. Stop it. Nope, um, nope. He said it was steel. Oh, let's go. I yeah, like I I'm gonna be. I don't know. I what did you think of the match? Because I'm trying to think of stuff in the middle. I'm mostly thinking about the ending. But I, is there anything in the middle that you saw that you were like, oh, that was pretty cool? Um, not really. I mean, it was just a solid match overall. Right. Um, let's see. I would say. I was a little shocked at the very beginning um, that he came right out and hit the code breaker. I thought that was pretty cool. I I thought that was really cool. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was a good start to the match. Um, the entire match is solid and everything. Yeah, like nothing really sticks out. But yeah, so um, so yeah, like it was basically it was mostly a brawl. There was some wrestling. I did enjoy. The um the mimosa in the eyes when yeah <laughs> in the walls of yeah submission yeah that was good and um I and I did like like I did like the ending it was pretty much the ending you knew like how they were gonna do it he was gonna come off the rope somehow and you know make a big splash into the mimosa but I don't think it required two of those punches I feel like from again just me nitpicking. Yep, I feel like yep, one yep. punch and out would have been fine. No, nope. but, but it makes Jericho look better. So, yeah, I don't. For that, I don't think it matters because it's it is a punch with such force. It's supposed to look like it has so much force that I don't think it matters that he had to take two. But you know, again, it's me nitpicking. It's not like you're yep. gonna make the match horrible or better, but it's just that's not how I would have thought to do it. So, yeah. Uh. Anyway. Yeah, no, I liked it. I did think to myself, this is a good gimmick match, but there, I can't think of any other reason that we'll ever see another one. Yeah, <laughs> no, same here. I, I agree completely. <laughs> Unless it becomes like Orange Cassidy's casket match. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be great. I would love that. Um, yeah, so that was good. I'm interested to see where like they go because that was clearly supposed to be the blow off. So what's Jericho going to do now that he's, you know, done with Cassidy? Where's he going to go next? So that'll be interesting. And where's Cassidy going to go? So yeah, I'm just, yeah, again, can't wait for Wednesday to figure out what's next for those two. 
Yeah, I think that's mainly, and we'll get into like the next. We're, we're obviously we're getting towards the last match now, but like I think that's what I'm really looking forward to. Is yeah. just like all the all the new that's coming from this, like all the what's mm-hmm. next for everyone, you know. Which, by the way, is I think a very good point. Like a very big difference between this and SummerSlam is that after SummerSlam, most of the matches we saw it was pretty much just going to be a continuation of yep. what we just saw. And most of what we're seeing on this pay-per-view is we're waiting for new stuff to happen next week. Yep. So, now, which is the way I prefer pay-per-views to be handled. Yeah, yeah. no, same here. Um, and then, so yeah, we get to our last match, the MJF and John Moxley match. I was firmly 100% sure. Um, okay, I'm going 99% sure that um, MJF was going to win. I just, I honestly couldn't, even with, even with um, Lance Archer winning, I was like, I don't, if he, if MJF doesn't win, I don't know who's a credible person to take it from him in the near, near future. I don't know if they have anybody lined up for it. I almost but, agree with you. Um, I was 99% sure that MJF was going to win until right. uh, Lance Archer won yeah. the you know, Battle Royal. Then I knew 100% that John Moxley was going to win. No, I got you. And I I completely caught that, too. And, like, we texted about it. But my brain, because I was so ready for MJF to win, I was like, well, they're just going to figure out a way to do it. It's either going to be delayed or I don't know. They're going to figure out some way to get around it. But my brain was making excuses for MJF to be the winner, even though I knew that that match, basically, especially when they said he was the next up for anybody, it's like, you know, that's probably not going to be MJF because of that. But, but yeah, so that was the, that was where I started the match. And I really love the whole, like, I love the psychology again of MJF staying from keeping himself inside the ring no matter what. Yeah. Like, he just, hell, he's just so good at being hated. Oh. It was so, like, oh, it was such a great match. Um, <clears throat> like, I just I so the whole match was like solid and everything and but like the ending for me in particular was just so great. Right. Oh yeah. Well well um look at that. I wanted to I'm gonna go over a few things that happened in the match. First of all, let me because it just popped into my head. I love the I felt like it was a subtle nod to Rocky or to Apollo Creed that he came out with the red the American thing <laughs> also fit into yeah. his whole gimmick is what he's been doing. But I feel like it just made me think, he thinks he's a Paul Creed right now. That's who he thinks he is. Uh, and um, and the fact that he bled, that that was actually, that was something that got me, um, I thought that was a really clever way to deal with it, that they allowed the camera to go with Moxley to watch him try and pop his shoulder back into the socket while yeah. MJF obviously bladed. That was a pretty little you know, moment for me. Just good directing, basically. So you didn't catch him doing it. Yeah, same here. I I was actually, I was pretty surprised. Well, I wasn't entirely surprised. Like, I figured there would be some blood in this match. And, right. like, I know MJF is, like, not afraid to, like, get bloodied, you know? Like, right. he's, he's, a very, he's very much a wrestler and not really so much a brawler. But it doesn't mean he can't do it. And, like, right. he's 
done before that he's willing to do what he has to to put on an amazing show. So I was, I figured out of the two, because it would be a little more quote-unquote surprising, I kind of figured yeah. out of the two he'd be the one to really kind of kind of let it let it go with the blood. Uh, and like I also like how the announcers were treating MJF, like pointing out that he's like a prodigy. I was surprised that JR didn't point out more that what part of what makes him a prodigy is that he's constantly going for pinfalls, which is just not something you see out of wrestlers that are twenty four. It's yeah. not because they probably don't know to do that. It's that is that that's not how you wrestle at twenty four. But it's just I thought it was really good psychology again, just showing Nope, this guy really knows what he's doing. He's constantly trying to win. And yeah, um, I really liked the change in like how they. I thought it was kind of cool to see like the change in how they talked about him during the match. Yeah. Like at the beginning, the whole time it was just like, "Oh, what a like piece of crap!" Like I hate this guy. He's like, I just can't stand him. But then, like slowly as the match kept going and he kept doing more and more, it was like he was like it was like it was just all like, "Oh, he's showing so much heart," and like. Yeah, you know I may hate him, but like this, he's really like he's in it. Yeah, that was and that was also I talked about him uh, Moxley trying to pop back in his shoulder that bump off the apron. Oh, that was so nasty looking. Oh yeah, dude. Oh my god. Like yeah, I completely. I don't know if he did anything to his shoulder, but I completely believe the yeah could be separated because that looked horrible. Yeah, no, I thought he did. I thought. Like I thought his elbow had legitimately like, like snapped or something. Like, it looked really bad. Speaking of snaps, um, at some point I forget when exactly. Towards the end, Jen did wake up, and like we both, like both of us, just cringed when we heard the sound of MJF coming off the top rope on the Mox's arm. Oh like, my god! Yeah, that just. Whew. That, like I don't know that how was, they made that sound, but that was that was good. That was just whew. that was so well done. Yeah, me too. Like as soon as that, as, oh, as soon as that hit and you like heard the snap, oh man, it was so like it made you want to cringe. Like you know it was like okay, you know he was just like slapped his thigh or something, but like right. just the sound of it, it was just perfect. But um. Yeah, no, like, oh, and I also appreciate it because it is such a big match. And obviously he gets involved because that's part of how the whole thing ends. But the limited use of Warbow was, yeah, like, good. Like, you want MGF to really shine in this. So using Warbow to throw him in the rain and then later as part of the ending, that I think that was the right amount of Warbow for this match. Yeah, I agree 100%. All right, so yeah, I think that as far as I can remember, that brings me to the end of the um, the match that I can think of. So the ending, I just, I also, I really love the psychology of. I keep saying that word, but it's the only word I can think of to use it. But I really do like how Moxley throughout the whole match, without the paradigm shift, was having like could not figure out a way to put away MJF. Like he kept going for the sleeper, he kept going for all this other stuff, he kept trying not to hit the paradigm shift, but it's just he wanted to, like, but he didn't, like, just come up with a new move or something. So I, I really appreciate that throughout the match. And then when you get to the very end, Wardlow throws in the rain really well, by the way. Like, I think it's it's hard to fake an accident like that. And yeah. it, looked, it looked legit like, oh, I clearly meant to throw that to you, and I overthrew it. 
Yeah, no, I thought that was really well done. I love the ending of the match so much. <laughs> and then if you, and I'm just going to say for everybody if you didn't see it, so Wardlow throws in the rain while he's distracting the referee. The overshoots MJF. It basically bounces off of Moxley. MJF gets on the ground to, to find it. He looks up, and then Moxley sees the referee still distracted, so he hits the paradigm shift, and there's your win, one, two, three. And I love it so much. I love that it gives MJF a very legitimate reason to bitch about his loss. His first, like, pin loss is, like, is a cheat. And apparently he's been on Twitter all day, just he's been attacking Renee Young about, about her husband cheating, which I find really funny. So I will say, I know we've we've just been talking about how like the show has clearly set up a whole bunch of like new stuff to happen on Wednesday. One yeah. thing that I don't think is going to be new, and I think might continue, even though they don't tend to do this, I think MJF and and um, John Moxie might continue, even though they don't tend yeah. to do that. Like they tend to move on to new challengers. Yeah. I'm not sure. Like, I'm not sure what they're going to do because I'm, oh, I was going to say I even got a Twitter alert earlier because I'm on Twitter now. Um, but it was a tweet from MJF where he literally says "fuck Wardlow." So I'm wondering if they're going to like oh, start looking at a breakup of those yeah. two. I mean, that's fine. Like, I think that yeah. would be okay. I'm sure. Yeah, I'm sure MJF's going to circle back around to Moxley. I don't. Unless they really start showing me something in the build-up, I'm guessing the full gear with Lance Archer, where I can believe Lance Archer is going to beat Moxley, which I'm sure they're going to do a good job of it. And there's, I'm going to have my, well, maybe, but I, I doubt it's going to be like a, like it was for MJF, where it was like, you know, I was sure. Yeah. I, I don't think they're going to get there, but they'll probably get me to a, well, maybe. I mean, if they want to do a surprise, they could, you know, definitely do that. But. I don't know. Maybe after that, we'll see something with uh, Moxley and MJF. And who knows? Maybe. I don't know. I, like, it's very possible. And, I mean, I'm kind of out of stuff because that was pretty much the end of the match or end of the night. Do you have anything else that you want to yeah, talk about? Yeah, afterwards. It was pretty much just the end. Yeah. That was, yeah. Like, yeah, I I wanted to hear what he said, but I couldn't hear everything that Moxley said. But the basics of it was, you'd have to kill me to take the title, is yeah. what he said to the camera. But I was like, I feel like you're cutting a very good promo, sir, but that mic is not picking up anything you're saying. <laughs> yeah. So, all right. Um, so, yeah, I guess we'll call that good. I mean, we, like, between the two segments, we did a good hour and a half on yeah. the show. So I think we did a good job. I, mean, I was afraid we were going to get like a half hour out of it. So, <laughs> yeah. I mean, when you get a four hour show, I mean, it kind of. That's true. Five, uh, because we did the pre show too. Yeah, that's true. It was more, it was, yeah, it was like a five hour show. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, it was um, worth it. Overall, I, thoughts, it was a great show. Yeah. Just another great, great outing by AEW. Um, well, we normally do this for the old shows, so who do you think your like best wrestler of the night was? Ooh. Um of the whole night? Yeah. Oh god. Um That's tough. Maybe Yeah. Hmm. 
It might, it might have been MJF. Yeah. It I wasn't. Think... His, I don't think it was his strongest showing or his like yeah. strongest outing. And like, I don't know. Like, the two of them definitely have chemistry together. But like, I don't know. It just it wasn't. It didn't like. I don't know. Overall, though, I I I think he might have been the best of the night. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I I think I agree. I think like. Everybody did their job really well, and I think it did exactly what you want a pay per view to do. It built, yeah. So like, every everything leading up and then the main event was better than pretty much everything below it. You know, um, even if it was just by degrees. Maybe a part of it too is like I can't because like you're saying who the best like single person was, and like right. I don't want to if I like if I was able to choose like a team, I would just say like FTR were the yeah. best like just show of the night. But you're yeah. asking for a single person, and I can't really split. There's I just like you can make FTR your single, like you can make them the MVPs because they are a unit. I would be okay with that. Yeah, so you I think can't, FTR? I can't pick one over the other. They're so even. Yeah, well, because yeah, they're, so, they're such a good tag team. They're you know. Yeah. Yeah. So I I think I'm completely agreement with that. Um, what was your favorite match of the night? Um. Again, probably FTR versus Page Omega. Mm-hmm. Like it was just, it, it was just so good. See, I, I think honestly, if I, I, there's part of me that wonders if it could have been the Broken Rules match if it went longer. But I think for me, I really think the main event did get me. Like, it, like I said, for me, the whole show built up, and then the main event did go above everything else. So I would put the main event as the my best match of the night. Hmm. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I think the main event was the second best match of the night. I like. Yeah. I personally think FTR versus Omega and Page was just slightly better. But yeah, if I was going to pick a second, it would probably be that match just on you know performance alone. Yeah. But, um, and then this one's going to be hard just because like we're we're not used to it for AEW. Who was the worst of the night? Um, that's a good one. Honestly, uh, are we counting the buy-in or no? I mean, we can. The buy-in seems it seems like kind of a cheat. But yes, we can that's count the buy-in. If, if we include the buy-in, I'd say Janela and Serpentico, just because right. there was nothing really happening there. If we're just mm-hmm. going on the main show, probably Britt Baker and um, Big Swole. Yeah. Yeah, I would. Yeah, no, not for them. It's just that. I think the the whole card was just so good that theirs was just like the least good. Yeah, I I and I wasn't completely really sold on the whole that kind of match for yeah. them. The I wasn't expecting I didn't know what to expect, but I wasn't expecting like basically what turned out to be a cinematic match or a boiler room brawl match. Yeah. Which is what it kinda of was. But yeah, I so I think we're pretty much in agreement. I don't think we really varied a lot. Which is is odd for us because we're usually arguing about, you know, what the hell's wrong with you? But no, I think I think I I personally think your nitpickiness was a little (laughs) ridiculous uh, on some Um, of the things. But aside from that, I do think we were in agreement with a lot of stuff. And I want to point out that I knew I was being nitpicky, and I would say that everything I said was for me going from an A to an A plus. It was like that. That's the difference. It was like going from a ninety to a ninety-five or better. 
and it wasn't it didn't make me enjoy the matches less it's just like again my brain the way i work is like if i were doing it that these are the things that i would have changed slightly and i think for me would have made it better but only eight a plus so it wasn't like a huge difference and obviously it's only your own personal thoughts because we all know right. you have no idea so this is just what you personally think right which is basically any it's it's just an opinion, which is basically all you're going to get out of wrestling anyway. Exactly. It's just a matter of what what's backing up the opinion, and for me, what's backing up the opinion is just research that's been done over years. But obviously, I've not had any personal experience in the business, so you know, I'm about as I I would say I'm about as educated as a, a fan outside the business could be, but that yeah. still leaves me much less educated than people that have actually been there and done it. So. Oh, that's a really, really, I think that's a really, really, like, good way to put it. Yeah. Actually, I think that's a really, a, a very truthful way to put it, I would, I would say. Anyway, so this was fun. I We should do more of this stuff. I don't know what we would do it on. Oh, I do have some bad news, and I don't, I don't even want to put this on the podcast because it makes our whole fan base so sad. But I just found out today that Mr. Nanny was taken off HBO Max. So at the moment, I don't know if we're going to be able to do the watch along that we were both dreaming of. Wow, uh, that's unfortunate. I know. I just I, I I feel bad even saying it on the podcast because now the fans are going to be up in arms. But yeah, for sure. That uh, is well, what it is. Something. Yeah, honestly, like we might. I mean, we could do something like this similarly for like weekly dynamite shows. Yeah. Yeah, we could. And yeah, well, we'll figure it out. We don't yeah. need to go into the whole production, but we'll definitely figure it out. But yeah, it was a good show and nice talking to you. And yep. um, you're the one that fit the bill for the pay per view, so thank you for that. Yeah, um, a little bit short <laughs> <Yep. this month. laughs> uh, had to buy a new jet and everything, so I'm a little bit short. Uh, you gotta tell yourself. All right. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'll talk to you later, man. All right. Good night, everyone. Good night.